Welcome to Jags AM. I'm Kainani Stevens. John Ozier, Brian Sexton are with me as we have our final regular season Jags AM of the year. As we prepare for the final game of the year, it's win and in for the Jags as they take on the Titans in week 18. Our first big thing today is going to be you in or out because while it is win or in for the team, we don't quite know yet whether Trevor Lawrence will be playing quarterback. He missed last week. It's the first game of his career that he's missed. He's going to try to practice this week and see how things go. It's feeling better. Um, I think certain certain movements bother more than others. There's some things that I can do, and there's some areas where I have totally normal strength, and you know it's functional and all that. But in certain positions, it does get a little bit. There's some aggravation, but um, that's getting better every day. But it's still would like to see that go down a little bit more before I just totally let it loose. Brian Trevor was limited at practice yesterday. Any inkling with this one? This shoulder thing is a lot different than what we've seen from him earlier. Yeah, the you know, last week I said that I didn't think he was going to play, and obviously he didn't. And I was reading body language and things like that, uh, just a guess. So that's all I can do this week. I'm 50-50. You know, I mean, I, I, I think the situation sets up John for him to try to play through it this week. Um, but I just, you know, I didn't get the sense watching him. I have a much greater sense that perhaps. Kirk and Jones will be on the field after watching them on the practice field yesterday and watching how smooth they looked. Uh, just not a strong gut either way on Trevor. Yeah, I'd be stunned if uh, Zay doesn't play, surprised if Christian doesn't play, and I'm with you. I'm 50-50 on Trevor. Kind of go back and forth when I'm asked about it. I think the fact that he practiced is good because he did not practice at all last week, and by Thursday uh, you kind of got the feeling no way. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's going to come down to how Trevor feels, and I think the other part of it will be Doug Peterson watching him throw when he throws. We didn't see him throw yesterday. Nope. But when he throws, Doug looking at it and saying, okay, we feel like that can get us a win. Uh, but I think they also trust that they have a formula. They saw last week there's a formula where you can beat uh, teams with C.J. Beathard. So I don't think they're scared of that. And how much do you weigh, John, the fact that you could see a playoff game here next week and wanting to give him one more week it's not guaranteed. I mean, yeah. this is essentially a playoff game, but if he's not quite ready, do you try and hold it off one more week and take your chances? Well, there's that, but I think just as heavily on the other end of the scale weighs, wouldn't you love to get Trevor some time with Christian, some time with Zay, get that flow going a little bit, going into the postseason? So I, I think there's an even balance. So I think you throw those things out and it just comes down to, can he throw effectively? Do you trust it? Feels like there's a bit of a timeline here too, because as we know, they like to see Trevor practice because of the issues he's had where he doesn't practice. So Thursday, today seems like it's gonna be a big day. Our second big thing is big game blues. This team has had some big games on their schedule and they haven't really come through in some of those matchups. Now this one may not be big in terms of the Titans being very talented at this point in the season, but it's a big game because the Jaguars need to win if they wanna make it into the playoffs. And Doug Peterson addressed that yesterday. You're right in the sense that we haven't performed well in the big game yet. Um, and these are the things that I keep stressing to our team. You know, expect to be in big games, right? Expect to be in these types of football games and these types of moments where there's a little, maybe a little added pressure and you kind of feel that pressure. And, and um, uh, you know, we haven't handled that extremely well this year. Um, but, you know, listen, one thing about it, this team, as you guys know, um, they come out and play hard when their back's against the wall a little bit. Uh, they seem to find comfort in that. Um, 
but uh, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep talking to him. <laughs> Gotta keep trying, uh, John. Do you feel confident in what we're gonna see on the field on Sunday, or do you still feel like we we're not really sure where we're at with it in terms uh, of effort and just what kind of performance they're gonna put out there on? Yeah, I think the Panthers game came at a good time where you could just sort of settle things down and show the guys again, hey, if you stop the run, if you tackle well, if you do your job, and if you don't turn the ball over, then that's, that's our formula. And they were playing such good teams in such weird situations for four weeks uh, with Trevor being hurt and then with Christian being out. Um, I don't think you mean to get away from it, but then maybe once everything starts getting real, you get away from it a little bit. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'll see a repeat of Christmas Eve where, frankly, the effort didn't look great, the urgency didn't look great. I don't think you'll see that. Um, I expect them to win because they match up well against the Titans, and if, if they play this, quote, simple kind of game, uh, then I think they pull away from them because they're better. So I think we will see the effort. You know, I think this is the growth area for this team going forward, Kai. You look at the Chiefs game, uh, the Niners, the Ravens, the uh, the Bengals, and the Bills. Those are the five games that everyone looked at and said, hey, the NFL laid these out for us. These are those line-in-the-sand games. Are we going to cross it? And they didn't. You know, They only beat the Bills in Buffalo. And against the Chiefs, they didn't play well at all. And against the Niners, neither side of the ball played well at all. It's just the big games this year were not big games, except for Buffalo, uh, for this football team. And that's where they've got to get to, where they play the best and they play their best against the best consistently powerful football and they haven't done it so this is an important game against a power team in other words they're going to run the ball so we'll see if they're ready to stop the run this game was certainly going to prove a lot so we'll look forward to that we'll talk a little bit more about that matchup but our final big thing today is help is on the way we talked a little bit about zay jones getting closer to returning but christian kirk just a month after undergoing surgery already back on the practice field and he said even himself he's impressed with what he's been able to do Honestly, the fact that I'm standing here in front of you guys today in cleats, um, being able to go out on the practice field is still kind of surreal to me. Um, but I've been working tirelessly every single day. I've uh, been in here, sometimes the last person to leave, just doing everything that I can to get back as fast as I can um, because I want to be available. I want to want to help, you know, bring this team where we, we all want to go. So uh, it's, it's taken a lot of work, um, and I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. John Christian was describing his injury a little bit yesterday, and I thought when he went underwent surgery, we weren't going to see him. If anything, maybe late if they made some kind of crazy playoff run. But to think he's back out there after a month is is impressive. Yeah, it's it's remarkable, and uh, you know it, it's it's funny with Christian. Uh, 15, 18 months ago, the narrative outside the building was, "How could you pay him that much?" <laughs> now it's he, he's worth everything you could possibly pay him to this team because you've seen what he means. And there's this joy and hope of getting him back and with reason. I mean, they've got a chance to get into the postseason with Christian, Zay, Evan, Ridley, ETN. That's their group, you know, and with Christian coming back, he's the most important of that group to me. And it's not a knock on Evan. It's not a knock on Travis ETN. But when Christian's in the game, there's a trust that Trevor Lawrence has with him that feels different. Um, it hasn't felt that way since he twisted around and got that long pass against Cincinnati. 
it's felt like a struggle since then, and they need him back. You know, he is a great pro, right? You can see why they pay him for his performance on the field and the way that he approaches the game. I asked him yesterday about, you know, what drove you through the rehab? Was it knowing that you could get back in four weeks or that perhaps you could get back for the playoffs? And he said, what drove me was watching my teammates struggle and wanting to do something to help pay off all the work that we put in in the offseason and to be there for them. Um, I, I just, I, I can't say enough about what a pro Kirk is and whether it's Trevor Kai or whether it's CJ Beathard, I think both of them could be effective on Sunday in Nashville because of number 13 on the field. He'll be a huge benefit whenever he gets back on the field, hopefully for the regular season finale. Stay with us here on Jags AM. We'll go deep dive into that Titans matchup this Sunday coming up after the break. presented by Fields Auto Group of Jacksonville. You can step up to luxury at fieldsauto.com. Welcome back in, as he, I mentioned. He it sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. You know what I mean? It's not about, hey, we'll go into the offseason with a good note. Nobody knows what you did on January 7th or 8th or 6th in April when you come back. We heard from Doug yesterday. He said winning was fun, and Mike Vrabel says losing sucks. So some wise words from our coaches for the matchup on Sunday. Um, Mike Vrabel so interesting the way he's taken to coaching right he's just taken all of that energy he had as a football player and and turned it into a coaching style and he's really gotten the most out of his players including this year with a team that hasn't been great but what he's been able to do well, two years ago he was the AP coach of the year right I mean he won two division titles and had three winning seasons I mean he's he's a really good football coach and I hear he's a really good guy uh, they like him up there and he said yesterday that he wanted to be back I can't imagine why they wouldn't want him back yeah I, I they always know um, how they want to play, and not every team does. Under Vrabel, they know exactly how they want to play. They play to it. It's why they're always dangerous. It's why they're dangerous on Sunday. Um, there's rumors about Vrabel in New England. There's all those things, you know, and that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. I don't. My gut tells me this is not his his uh, last game up there, but. Um, <laughs> wouldn't mind having him out of the division. Well, and, and they have a new general manager, Rand Carthon, who might want to do things his own way. So perhaps it might make sense for him to go to New England. I think the only way he leaves is if he gets wooed somewhere else, yeah. which is what that would be. Vrabel right. um, did talk a little bit yesterday. He calmed down. He apologized for that comment. He's saying, I just, you know, I get a little competitive sometimes. No, no offense to anybody, but um, completely understandable. He hates to lose. But he talked a little bit about going into a game like this where Maybe you don't have anything to play for on the line technically, but what his team is going to be motivated by. We, we want to finish strong. You know, we can, we can finish this thing the right way. You know, we can finish it, um, you know, with a lot of class. And, and we can also, you know, get, get a huge win. And, and also, you know, potentially, you know, I, I think it would just be critical to get a home win here to finish the season 
in the division against a team that you know kept us from the playoffs last year, last year. so that that's what we're, we're trying to do finishing strong finishing with class but as you mentioned against a team that ended their season last year so that's yeah. definitely on the mind i'm sure that's mentioned i am sure it is and you know he has got a football team as john mentioned that he has a certain style of play and he's going to look for everybody who's on the field on sunday to earn their right to come back next year based on their effort if, if you don't have the wherewithal as a professional football player even in a what is called a meaningless game to play your best then i wouldn't want you on my team no coach would yeah this is the old thing where a, a team in it is playing a team out of it uh, historically and i've always believed that the team that's in it needs to get up in that game and make them play like individuals more than a team meaning I don't believe players really quit, but sometimes when teams are out of it, you can get them not playing their game at the end of the season. And uh, to me, that's the Jaguars' task this week. Make sure you play and, and get ahead and uh, give them that feeling of, hey, the cars are in the parking lot, it's time to go home. Well, in this game in particular, if you get ahead, the numbers say that they don't play their style, right? The Jags built a 27-0 lead in the game here in November and they didn't run Derrick Henry but 10 times. And I think I offered this yesterday, but in games in that he's carried the ball 17 times or fewer, he only averages 37 yards a game. Now, 18 or more, it's 114. You give Derrick Henry a chance to get 114 yards on you, then you give them a good chance to win. So you gotta, you gotta build a lead and take their style of play away from them. And something that would be, I guess, interesting to us, Brian, because we've been around forever. Um, I think fans feel this too. This is a chance to beat this franchise four times in a row for the first time since the 90s. It's a chance to clinch divisions two years in a row against this team. Uh, I don't think about that that much because I try to analyze the game sort of uh, objectively, if you will. But there are fans who would love that. And, and uh, this is the team the Jaguars hate to establish some dominance over that franchise and sort of turn that tide and feel better uh that'd be cool that would be cool the, i don't think jerry's have ever beaten them four times in a row well they beat this franchise four times around the 90s i can't recall it i just did you do the math on it well because they lost three times up. in 98 or 99 from 96 to 98. they lost uh they lost here in 96. anyway we'll fact check it hasn't happened very often we'll fact check so much so that i didn't recall that's what we're here for um we do want to mention this is a turning of the tide for that team, right? So this most likely Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry's probably last game with this franchise. And that's something Ryan Tannehill is not fully reflecting on yet, but just he talked a little bit yesterday about the trying season that this has been since he's been benched for Will Levis and what he's kind of gone through to be a good teammate. Uh, I've tried to keep my, my head up and, uh, you know, focus on, on the cards that are, that are handed to me, you know. Um, some things are out of your control and you can't help that, but you can help how you, uh, how you come to work, how you respond, um, the attitude you bring into work. You know, there's a lot of days where you know, I didn't really want to come in and then have a smile on my face and, and try to help or, uh, or get myself ready to go. But, you know, I knew that that was the best thing for my teammates and uh, I'm not going to throw a pity party for myself. Brian, it's a bit of a changing of the guard there because it's not like they completely bottomed out. They had a lot of injuries last year, and then now they drafted Levis. They want to go with that now. And so they're getting rid of some of the players that they've had for a long time. And it's kind of a 
a change without completely bottoming out, right? It's not like a complete rebuild, but they're trying to rebuild well, they're trying a little to, bit. And they are having to change their style of play because if Derrick Henry is playing in his final game, mm-hmm. you're not going to be that ground and pound kind of team that they have been. You know, uh, Tannehill left Miami in free agency and went to Tennessee in 2019, and he had been considered a first-round bust. He had never done anything in Miami. But paired with Derrick Henry and the power of play action when number 22 is slamming into the line of scrimmage, I mean, it gave him a couple of Pro Bowls and a shot at a AFC championship. So he's been a big part of what they've done. And if I have any fear, concern, worry, it's that he and Derrick Henry play their best game in what's their final game in Nashville and give these Jags a run for their money. What was the difference when, in your mind, John, obviously Derrick Henry's a game changer, but Ryan Tannehill gave them a little bit of stability at the time when they were trying to like kind of figure things out in terms of Rabel going there. Well, he played really well for yeah. a couple of years. And as Brian said, it, it, it you, there's different games that, that play out different ways. Mm-hmm. But overall, he played very well because teams had to stop Derrick Henry. And then when Tannehill had a chance to beat them downfield, he could make plays against the defenses that were drawn up to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, I think Brian said it best. It was, it, it was complimentary. It was based on Henry and they needed a quarterback who could be good enough to supplement that. He was never a star. I don't think he was necessarily a pro bowler or, or an elite guy, but there were games where he played elite. When, when defenses rose to stop Derrick Henry, he was more than good enough to have 300 yard games, uh, multiple touchdown games. And uh, they were a tick or two away from winning AFC championships for a couple of years with that formula. So it worked as long as their offensive line was really, really good. And for a while, they were as good as any offensive line in the league, short of a couple of teams. This year, they're not. So that's really the biggest reason for the fall off the last couple of years is their line. You can't underestimate teams playing for pride because I imagine both of them are going to want to go out on a high note as well, if, in, in, if indeed this is their last game there in Tennessee. All right, stay with us. We're going to talk over some of the game changers we see for Sunday's matchup against the Titans. trusted and reliable moving company Suddeth is proud to be the official moving partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars to get a guaranteed quote visit suddeth.com slash jacks back here for Jags AM in the Hyundai studios I have to give it to him he was right is he's right he's right he won 96 and 98 the final show of the regular season to paraphrase Cam Robinson I usually oh stop (laughs) I'd forgotten about I'd forgotten about again they swept him in 97 I'd forgotten that so I usually do I'm speechless All right, (laughs) let's talk about (laughs) this final game of the regular season against the Titans. Um, I hope it's as I hope it lives up to the billing. I hope it's everything we want it to be. And I hope this team really goes into the playoffs, earns their spot and uses this momentum going forward. It's going to take a big effort from uh, the whole team, really special teams. We we know this team is best when they play complimentary football. So who's a name? Who's particular? Who are you looking at? um, That's going to be. A game record. Well, I'm going with Evan Ingram uh, because, and, and I'm, I'm making the assumption that we will see Kirk and Jones on the field. And last year, Evan Ingram had a huge day. Two touchdowns, 160 yards, 11 catches uh, in Nashville. And I just think he's primed. He's playing so well right now. If it's C.J. Beathard, he already has an established rhythm with them. If it's Trevor, it's same thing. I think Evan is playing at an epic pace. I'd love to see him get 12 or 13. 
and maybe set the franchise record for a single season for catches, which is 116. Uh, but I'll take a big game that gets him into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, when you look back, sometimes you don't see things immediately. And they had a huge game against Tennessee. And uh, the Shaq Quarterman play turned that game. Uh, but the ability to depend on Evan in that game uh, enabled the Jaguars to get out of an early hole and be the dominant team in that game uh, by the second half. And it really sort of gave the Jaguars the confidence to move on that season. So that was a huge performance. I went with uh, Christian Kirk. Um, he will, I think he will play. Uh, and uh, he won't be at 100%, um, but I don't know that he has to be. I think he'll be managing the injury a little bit because he had to be smart. But as I said earlier in the show, um, I think with Christian, he might this year be the key to the whole thing. If you can get him back, just think about the number of uh, – this offense hasn't been what you expected it to be this year. Um, but when it's been really good, it's he's been really important. The play against uh, – the, uh, the game winner against the Saints, uh, the Colts touchdown where Trevor checked to him. There's been some moments, and – he comes up, even though he's not a, quote, big play receiver, supposedly, he comes up with big plays downfield, and Trevor trusts him downfield. So he might be the key to the whole thing moving forward. And, you know, you talk about getting some guys back, Kirk in particular, maybe Zay Jones. What if you get Ezra Cleveland back there with Cam Robinson? They haven't had much time together, and it's clear that Cleveland is your best option at left guard. What if he's able to play into the playoffs with Cam next to him and Kirk and Jones and Trevor yeah, there's, there's some momentum you could build. Yeah, and weirder things have happened. And Bucky Brooks uh, keeps saying it, and he's right. This AFC, I get that Baltimore's good. Beyond that, it, I keep hearing all this stuff about, oh, Cleveland's so much better. The Jaguars, Cleveland might be the second-best team in the AFC. Jaguars gave away so many opportunities in that game. Yeah. You're telling me they couldn't beat the Browns? They couldn't beat, you know, I'm not saying they'd be favored. But – you get in this year, and uh, you got a shot. Well, you get some of those guys back, and you play the Browns at home. Well, I like their chances. Sure. And they turned the ball over four times and had a quarterback on an ankle that didn't look like he could walk, let alone play, as he left the field after that Bengals game. No, I, I like their chances against the Browns. I, the Browns are a, a powerful team in terms of their defense, uh, but I'd take that. No sweat. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm reeling it in until we get this Ooh. one on Sunday. Yeah, but I'm just saying, right. if you get in, go. Reel it in. We'll wait, John. She's so amused by you. Oh, yes, it's still funny to me. Um, I'm going defense because as much as we want the offense to come along, we've been talking about it all year long, and defense has, has far out exceeded any expectations that I may have had for them. So I'm going with Josh Allen because big game, go with your big players. He will will this team into the playoffs. He got back on track last week, and he's not going to do it alone. He won't do it alone. Trayvon and and Josh are going to do that meet at the quarterback game that they got going against the Panthers last week, and they're going to continue doing that. And in the process, Josh Allen may end up being your sack leader this year, which is funny for a lot of people that thought they couldn't sack the quarterback. So for them to have the highest combo of two players with sacks this year between Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, I think they've, I don't know if they've silenced anybody, but I've been impressed with what they've been able to do, and I don't want to know what this team would look like if, if they weren't as productive as they've been this, so far this season. Number one in the NFL is a tandem, right? Yeah. 25 and a half sacks. I'll take it. Really good. 
All right, this is our final Jags Am of the regular season. Hopefully many more to come in the postseason. We will see you next week after the final regular season finale. Enjoy the game. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all of the customizable options. You can check out ZipChair because it's furniture for fans. Welcome back. I tried to get rid of you guys early. I apologize. Clearly, I'm upset about this being the final Jags exam of the regular season. You tried to reel it in. I did. But here We're we doing are. it on Monday, though, right? We are. I'm a regular season because next week will be playoff week. There you go. I like the way you I, think. It's obviously where I was going. Um, Let's take a moment and talk about pro bowlers on this team because we did have that announcement yesterday. Um, we love a long snapper mentioned, Ross Matisic. It was the long snapper for the pro bowl games. And of course, Josh Allen, as I mentioned, having a career year. So it's his second pro bowl, I believe, correct? Yep. Um, so obviously some other people we probably thought should have made the cut. Well, Evan Ingram, right? I mean, eighth tight end in NFL history to go over 100 receptions. Yes. I mean, yeah. that sounds crazy, but... I think touchdowns hurt Evan in the voting. Uh, I think he should have made it. Um, I, I think a strong argument could have been, uh, could have been made for Travis Etienne. Sure. And uh, I think if people had really broken down Travis and seen how much the Jaguars offensive line struggled in front of him at times, mm -hmm. to have the year that he's having, uh, pretty impressive, 11, 12 touchdowns. So uh, credit to him. and. Uh, other guys, Brian. Well, I was going to say, maybe we'll, you know, we haven't seen the alternate list. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. these guys will get some recognition mm -hmm. on that. Um, Darius Williams was, you know, one of the leaders all season long in terms of passes broken up. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he might get some, too. Expect and your guy, Foya Lou, you know. Yeah, he's tackles, pretty good, too. Third year yeah. Right, um, yeah. So, yeah, there were a lot of, there were a lot of deserving guys. Uh, I think they'd have had more, honestly. The swoon. The losing yeah. streak definitely hurt. When they were on prime time twice. Uh, I think that probably unfairly, but it's not a fair system, probably cost them some momentum uh, with some guys who I, who I think got close. And uh, sometimes the, the voting process is weird. The fans are, a third of it, are yeah. part of it. The players vote for it, which I get, but a lot of times players, yeah. uh, their votes are very, uh, they get in kind of groups and they're, you know, uh, I wish there was a better system for the Pro Bowl, but I don't know that there is a better one. Well, we'll see. I think some of the alternate names will come out a little bit later, so hopefully some more Jaguars will be involved in that. And now for real, this is the end of our show. We hope you enjoy the Are last. you sure? I think I'm right this time. Um, enjoy the Titans game. We'll see you next week here on Jags AM.